Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. Well, hey, Liz, I think it's about time for an Idaho story, don't you? Yeah, we haven't done Idaho too much. We have not. You know, for being the state that's just right the fuck next to Spokane, Washington, so I've probably spent more time in Idaho than any state other than Washington, I don't know a ton about it. No. No, I mean... I know Coeur d'Alene. I know Cataldo Mission. What else do I know? Oh, I know. This is an organic segue, but it it, it honestly works. Um, I know about Idaho State Penitentiary because <gasps> it's one of those on all the ghost shows that get investigated. Oh, is it? Okay. It is. So old Idaho State Penitentiary, as it's now known as a historic site, is supposedly one of the most haunted structures in Idaho. I (laughs) have several ghost stories to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you those today. (gasps) But I'm going to tell you instead about a lady. I'm going to tell you about a lady who was a prisoner at Idaho State Penitentiary. And she may give a run to men like Raleigh Faulkner. Oh my god. She may be our our lady buck because Liz, do you want to guess how many husbands she had? <gasps> Eight. That's a good guess. It's a little bit higher. She's Oh my god. Well, I'm sorry. 8 is higher than the husbands oh, that we know okay. of. Uh, 7? She had six Six. husbands that we know of, but that doesn't mean she didn't have many other paramours. And of course, if if you're a woman of a certain time period, and we're talking about you on this show, and you had, say, six husbands in the span of ten years, I wonder how she was able to have so many, Liz, because divorce didn't really happen that much then. Oh. Uh, was, was she a black widow? She was a black widow, Liz. Yeah! She was a black widow. So yeah! I'm Get him. telling you about Lida Anna May Trueblood, known in the papers as... What the name! Lida Anna May Trueblood? That's... Yes. Wow. That's the name she was born with, known in the papers by her... Fourth husband's last name, Lida Southard, and she was known as Flypaper Lida or Lady Bluebeard. Oh my god, both of those are so good! She's I don't totally get the flypaper thing, I guess the guys are the flies and then they die there. Oh no, my friend, flypaper no. plays into how she killed them. Oh my god. She, Lida Southard, is the second known American female serial killer. Holy crap! (laughs) And she was at Idaho State Penitentiary for many a year for various murders. What? What? Okay, so I need like a time frame. Time frame. I'm trying to get my brain around this. Absolutely. Idaho State Penitentiary is born is uh, built 1872. Idaho's just a territory, still about 20 years away from statehood. Lida's born 1892 and marries her first husband when she's 20 years old in 1812. Wow. Okay. We start our story Wait, with 1812? Uh 18 Sorry, 1912. Okay. 1912. Okay. Yes. Her Uh, other cool thing she did was age backward through time. She Benjamin buttoned her way through the (laughs) 1800s, (laughs) trailing men in flypaper along the way. (laughs) So Light is born 1892, and she's not, she's born in uh, Kansas or something like that. She doesn't make it up to Idaho until she marries her first husband, Robert Dooley. And she and Robert move in with Robert's brother, Ed, in Twin Falls, Idaho, and have a baby. So I know we don't want to be a serial killer podcast, but second female serial killer in America is really cool. Oh, which, by the way, I found out that the first female serial killer in America was a woman named Honora Kelly, spelled the way I spell my name, and she was in Boston. So, oh, Jane Toppin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
is that what she was known as? Yes. My she was, goodness. She was a fucking weirdo. Well, she, I was reading about in her trial, she was like, I just want to kill as many people as I can. That's all I want. Yeah. That is unusual for a female serial killer. Usually they're doing it like um, like Linda Hazard was, where yeah. like, they're trying to, I don't know, we could talk all day about what the hell was going on with Linda Hazard. Right. But I think certainly the financial component was huge for her. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that was entirely why she did what she did, but it was huge. Whereas Jane was just like, this is just extremely my jam. And oh, you're like, yeah. fuck, Jane, what the hell? Right? What wires in your little baby brain got crossed that you just, mm-hmm. this is your your mission statement. This is on your vision board, Jane, is kill as yeah. many people as possible. Well, Lida Wait, has... okay, so I, th- I thought the first one was Belle Gunnis. So now I'm looking at timelines here. Ooh. Okay, so... so Honora, a.k.a. Jane, was arrested in 1901. Belle disappeared in 1908. Okay. Oh, my. So my source about Flypaper Lida may be sensationalizing her as the second known American female serial killer then. It sounds like she's third Mm. at best, eh? Well, I guess it depends on if you count, like, when they started or when they got caught. Right. Or when we knew what the problem was, or when they hit that serial <laughs> mark instead of just a one-off. Yeah. Was there hmm. enough time between the first one and the second one for anyone else to squeak in there with a kill streak? Yeah. Okay. In terms of Lida, we're pretty sure her first murder was 1915. So maybe that'll help you and I make our own ranking of female serial killer timelines. But this is, like I said, Twin Falls, Idaho. She's married a man named Robert Dooley. They live with his brother, Ed, and they have a baby, Lorraine. They're in Idaho. It's 1915, been married two, three years. Lorraine dies from what Lida claims was drinking from a dirty well. That summer, Ed, her brother-in-law, dies of... Potomane poisoning. I had to look up what the fuck that was. Mm-hmm. And it's it's poisoning that you get from rotting animal or vegetable material. Apparently, it's what they used to think um, like foodborne illness was, like salmonella. Yeah. Illnesses like that were just always attributed to tomaine poisoning. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so Ed dies. And that's baby dies in May. Ed dies in August, and wouldn't you know it, Liz, Lida's husband, Robert, in October of the same year, dies from what the coroner says is typhoid fever. Wait, 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 wait. So the baby dies, and then who dies? The baby dies, the Uh brother-in-law dies, and then the the husband dies. dies. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know how I got the wrong end of the stick with that. That's just me losing track of what's happening. You're not telling it wrong. You're doing fine. Thank you. You know I need my praise. But for whatever reason, (laughs) I'm having a hard time keeping Robert and Ed apart as well. Okay. Well, hopefully they're both dead, so. They're both dead, so it doesn't matter. They aren't, you know, going to come back to, to correct me. Yeah. Three people now in less than six months have died. And poor Lida, what is a girl to do, Liz? I mean, if you're on this show, you know what a girl to do probably is to get married again real quick, right? Yeah. Well, you have to swindle that next husband quickly. And that's what Lida does. I mean, she's still getting her stride because it does take her about two years, which is pretty decorous to meet and marry her second husband. And this is a man named William McHaffle. And she's just still distraught over the death of her baby. And she, she convinces him that they need to move to Montana. They have to get out of Idaho. Let's go to Montana. And they do, which is lovely. Uh, it's a fresh start in 1916, but God damn it, Liz. October 1918, and poor Willie McCaffle, he dies of both influenza and diphtheria. Well, simultaneously. Simultaneously. Rough day for that's Willie. talented. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, but even that, that's not like, in itself, if from the outside, I wouldn't say, yeah. oh no, she's definitely up to something. Because right. it's right. those days, and it's, it's Montana, and you're like, yeah. yeah, our food preservation technique's not that great. Yeah. FDA's this- barely a thing. Like, Yeah. 
people die all okay. the I mean, it's Oregon Trail still, right? You've died of cholera. So yeah, yeah. We're not surprised. A few years have elapsed. Widows remarry. It happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, widows are starting to remarry a little bit sooner than that two years. Willie dies October 1918, and by March 1919, Lida has married car salesman Harlan C. Lewis. First of all, did he just have, like, a car that he sold? Because it's 1919. <laughs> so, like, I can't imagine the car lot. What was he doing until then? I don't know. Selling I buggies? Know. I don't know what Harlan was doing. He must have been <laughs> maybe fixing bicycles. Bicycles were a yeah. thing. Do you think car salesmen have always been, like, the the stereotype of high pressure and willing to lie? Or do you think he, people just came up and they're like, I'd like to pay you $500 for that tin Lizzie, and he'd be like, sold, sir. Let's shake hands. Uh, let's shake hands. I'll even throw in the crank that you need to turn this old yeah. <laughs> motor at the front like some giant tin soldier keeks. We saw some great old Model Ts and stuff at the fair, and they <sighs> had, like, these replica Burma shave signs. <sighs> they were... Clever. Wonderful. The only Burma shave stuff I am ever familiar with are like the fake ones in American Gods. For oh, I don't even remember those. Yeah, that's like he undertook to overtake. The road was on a bend. Now the undertaker is his only friend. Burma shave. That's real. Is that real? Yeah. Why were that's they doing the kind of stuff they did? They were doing PSAs about driving. Yes, I didn't yeah, because they because they were big. They were some of the first like they were billboards, and then as you would be driving along the highway, you would see them in sequence, and so they would be reminding you to drive safely. Like he took. Th- what is it? She took the curve at fifty per. They hauled away what had been her. Ooh. So as in like Ben Hur. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's topical. Very topical. <laughs> Burma shave. Oh, I miss. Man. I want Burma shave. I don't. I don't miss Burma shave. As in like they should be around, and I remember when they were. But like I, I think there should be more clever things yeah. instead of just the same crap. The uh, the big one out here for driving PSAs is better left unread than dead. And it's, you know, don't check Over your text. messages while yeah. driving. And I'm like, guys, we could have A, come up with cleverer rhymes and B, mm-hmm. you're making me read an awful lot of text in a PSA about not reading things and keeping my eyes on the road. Hmm. <laughs> yes. I have, you have a point there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I don't know what Harlan was doing. If he was selling his one car, if he was, you know, painting racing stripes on horses and calling them cars. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I, I'm not sure. What I do know is that five months after Willie dies, she marries Harlan. And four months after she marries Harlan, Harlan dies. Oh, shit. Of what's called complications of gastroenteritis. He dies of complications of gastroenteritis. The last one had diphtheria and pneumonia. And what influenza. Did two- oh, that's right. Diphtheria and influenza. What did the one before die of? I don't remember. The very first one, her husband died of typhoid, while her brother-in-law typhoid. died of that potomine or potomic or... Yeah. Whatever poisoning. Tomine poisoning. poisoning. So a lot of stomach stuff is what I'm hearing. They're all having yuck butt, Liz. They're all having (laughs) a little bit of tummy trouble. And Lida apparently doesn't want to get tummy trouble because she she gets out of Montana. She's married three husbands. Like Pringles, you can't stop at one or two or three. She needs to go back to Idaho where she can marry husband number four. I don't have the expertise to really talk about funerary traditions yeah. and stuff, but weren't you supposed to stay in mourning for a while, or was that just in, like, upper-class pre-war South? Uh, I thought mourning was, like, a thing that some people observed into, like, the 40s and 50s. Are you calling our Lida a low-class gal? Are you- I, I just think she might be a bit light, that's all. <laughs> 
<laughs> no judgment. She's got kids to take care of. She's like that. They had that stereotype at the time, actually, that one of the reasons why you had to watch out for widows is because since they had had sex, they always wanted sex again. Oh, So my. they were like, oh, you know about widows. Oh. What? That, what? <laughs> They're, they're rare <laughs> something really sad happened to them and now yeah. they're not sure where the money will come from yeah yeah because yeah because we don't have socialized health care and uh you know <laughs> when women become a burden on society in 1901 we just stuff them in a sanitarium when we're tired of them yeah. because of that God. oh that could be it <laughs> lida is not meant to be stuffed away in sanitarium life, Liz, Lida is meant to be worshipped as the dutiful wife she is. Apparently. <laughs> because yeah. she marries to Pocatello, Idaho. She it's, marries to there? She marries to there. She moves to Pocatello, Idaho. She meets Edward F. Meyer, who is a... He's not really a ranch hand. I don't quite understand what Edward does other than oversee ranches, but they these old-timey newspapers don't use the word overseer. Yeah. But at any rate, Edward has a big deal job. He falls madly in love with her, according to this newspaper from, I think it's like 1938. Um, he just, he met her and impulsively asked her to marry him, and she does. And Liz, they are married on August 10th, 1920, and on September 7th, 1920, Edward's dead. Did her nipples shoot whiskey? What the fuck is going on with this woman? This, no one can keep their hands off her. This very same article is so mean, Liz. They don't know why. I don't think her nipples did shoot whiskey because they don't bring it up in this article. But they <gasps> say they don't know why so many men fell for her because they said they called Lida round and pudgy-faced and plain of figure. <laughs> Shows what they know. <laughs> It's so mean. But men... Listen, some guys like a little more cushion for the push-in. More cushion for the push is right? And she's a widow, yeah. so you know she's good to go. Yeah. What? She knows what sex is. She... Oh, Ooh. my goodness. One thing that the article has said is that she has an appealing voice. And that okay. she's... They're, they're talking about her when she's in prison. And she's doing fancy work to sell, you know. And mm-hmm. she has quite a few men who come by to buy of her she does. fancy work. And they all seem enraptured by her voice. So she's do- she's like embroidering little stuff or making yeah. anti-macassars or something? Yes, exactly. So I'm wondering, and- the guys who buy those, like, do they have a little doily on every surface in their house? Or do they just throw it directly in the prison trash? Right. And <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. I'll be back That's next week. I paid to spend time with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, or maybe it's like a John Wayne Gacy thing where, like, really, it's 20 other women are making them, and then she's just like, oh, yeah, this was from me. Oh, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Did you hear that? That that's, like, a lot of his famous clown paintings were not by him at all. I didn't but because know the, that. Yeah, he had sort of this, like, shop going on in the art department of the prison. No way. <laughs> Which just delights the hell out of me. Because ha-ha, gross people who thought it was cool to have a painting by a serial killer. Now yeah. you don't even know if it was by a serial killer, and it's worth less to you? Good. I hope it's worth less to you. How... <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble with some people that listen, including my dear mother-in-law. But it's like the Thomas Kincaid of the serial killer world. (laughs) Yeah, he just comes by, swipes a little bit of clear varnish on it. I'm done. I'm done. That one was me. The rest was by an apprentice, but that part was by me. Sell it for lots more and put my name on it. (laughs) I don't know. This Delida sounds like she probably had a lot of charm. She must have. I also wonder, given the era like it's not quite 1850s bad right but i'm gonna guess the guys still outnumber the women by a few they have to in 1920s 1930s idaho i mean it didn't become Mm -hmm. a state until what like 1890 or something like that it's still very much wild west territory area yeah and she's not trying to like pick the cream of the crop like no. like buck who would come in and marry like the society girl in town no like these guys sound like they've got important jobs but they're not like independently wealthy like trust fund people they're or anything not they're not and what light is not going for is their wealth in life 
what Lyda oh. is doing and what investigators start finding out after the death of husband number four. Oh, Poor Edward, who, like I said, also was said to have died of typhoid, much like her first husband. Investigators notice something. It first starts with Ed and Robert Dooley. They've got a relative. He's not a close enough relative to have inherited their life insurance policies. No, those went to Lyda. However, this Earl Dooley is a chemist, and he's going, God, Lyda just seems to have such bad luck with husbands. They're all dying, <laughs> much like Ed and Bob. And so she kept in touch? She kept in touch, Liz. She kept in touch That's for some reason because Earl is suspicious enough to have gone to the house that her fourth husband, Edward, died of. Uh, he's there five days after Edward's death and takes a sample of the dirt where he had seen Edward stand before. He's actually hung out with her and husband number four. Weird. Earl takes this Weird. sample. Wait, so this is a relative of the first husband who's doing this? Yes, correct. I'm cobbling this together from old newspapers, so I don't mm. I don't quite understand why Earl Dooley, as a cousin, would have hung like I don't even know who my living cousins spouses are like <laughs> i don't even go visit the cousins that i have why the fuck would i be visiting yeah the spouse of a second cousin who died like boggles my mind but i guess there's not a lot going on in pocatello idaho and yeah. so and so this guy is looking at like the dirt where the dead man stood yes he's looking at he collects a sample of this dirt because earl dooley's suspicious he thinks all these men dying of stomach problems and the way that uh, Edward Meyer looked when Earl saw him before he died. He goes, this just seems kind of like poisoning, like arsenic poisoning specifically. So he finds arsenic in this soil sample. And again, this is like a 1939 newspaper article that then Wikipedia is also helping me interpret. So not really sure how that points to Lydia killing him or how it Lida. points. Oh my God. How that points <laughs> to Lida killing him or how that's enough. It's very CSI 1930s to me. Where, it, like, yeah. like, what the fuck, dude? How was that enough for you to get a warrant to bring in the state prosecutor? How how was that enough evidence for you to be able to go to the state prosecutor and say, I think this, like, former widow cousin lady of mine is a black widow. But it works. That's very strange. Okay, that works. Because, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what chemical options he would have had at that point. But also... If I remember my true crime correctly, it wasn't that weird for arsenic to be used in household applications. Wasn't it like, yeah, in, well, it was used in household applications. It was used in flypaper. Oh, man. Oh, man. Maybe so, they were ready to go after her anyway, and he just was like, he came up with this, and they're like, yeah, definitely, okay. Like, he could have just made it up, and they didn't care. And they didn't, yeah, right? But the the... It comes down to Earl is poking around. This sample of dirt has arsenic. He realizes that Lida has inherited insurance policies from the Dooley brothers, from Ed and Robert. Mm -hmm. He also finds out she's inherited life insurance policies from her other three husbands. So now oh, so the brother-in-law died and his life insurance went to his brother and then... yes. The brother who was her husband died. Yes. Okay, that's a nice little, like, chain reaction yes. thing. Good. That's smart. Right? She did it. Yeah. <laughs> she did this. She had this plan, Liz. This was this was not random, you know? You got to yeah. kill them in the order in which you inherit. <laughs> it all trickles down. So Earl has a motive, and he thinks he knows mm -hmm. that at least one husband was killed by arsenic. So he goes to some friends. He's got another chemist friend. He's got another doctor friend. And he's like, hey... What do you guys think? Do you think this is possible? Here's how these other guys died. And the chemist and the doctor goes, yeah, let's go tell somebody about this. So they go to the Twin Falls, Idaho, county prosecutor, Frank Stephen, and they say, here's kind of some weird coincidences. What do you think? 
and Frank goes, it's a fucking slow day here in Idaho. <laughs> Let's dig up some bodies. Oh, good. Good times. Oh, good. So the, the grandson of that guy from your Bannock, Montana story who yeah. was always digging up the corpses for fun. Who was always digging up the corpses, apparently. Oh, my goodness. They exhume the first husband and the brother-in-law. And they're exceptionally well-preserved for having died five years ago. Does that mean because of arsenic? Apparently that points to arsenic poisoning. And then they do some weird old-timey tests and they have enough evidence now to say, yes, uh, we are going to officially accuse Lyda of murder with poisoning and we're going to issue an arrest warrant and take her to trial on this. Okay. So the deputy goes to arrest Lida, but as this 1939 article says, Lida had flown. Oh, she could fly. She could no, fly. No, I, I knew worse. something must have gone down, because I'm like, you said it was more than four husbands, and so they're hot on the trail. They're hot on the after trail. After number four, but uh-huh. she is ahead of the game. She probably oh. was like, why is this weirdo cousin digging up dirt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> literally. But, uh, not like yeah. asking around, but like literally picking up a piece of like the floor what? or yeah, outside exactly. my house yeah. or whatever. He's in the garden just kind of fucking around with my roses and I'm not about that life. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is jump ship. And it takes yeah. them a while to catch up with her. They finally catch up with Lida in May 1931 and she's in Hawaii. Way to go, Lida. I was oh. wondering what she was spending the money on. I wondered, too. Apparently, airfare to Hawaii. Or did you take a boat back in those days to get to Hawaii? Probably a boat. Probably. Yeah. Well, she's in Hawaii. She's in paradise. Do you think she's alone? No. 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 Why would she go to a new state with a perfectly good population of men who'd never been married to her and I just know. leave it hanging out on the ground like a 20 that nobody bothered to pick up yeah she's no fool she's no fool at all this is not bill gates who loses more money if he spends the time to pick Mm -hmm. up a hundred dollar bill that he dropped this is (laughs) this is lida goddamn bluebeard southern lida has married herself husband number five a clean-cut young naval petty officer by the name of paul vincent southard so this is where we get her her surname from that she's known of in the papers because this is where the cops catch up with her she's married to petty officer paul and they they come for lida and tell him what his wife is accused of and he's incredulous he says well yeah (laughs) poor sweet baby poor Mm -hmm. little guy but he goes she's been a mighty good wife to me and i don't care if she married 10 men before and they all died that wouldn't make her a murderess yeah, but the part where they had so much arsenic in them that you could write with them <laughs> might nudge things that direction. It might. Like, they're not saying, like, one got hit by a train and the other one fell off a bridge and the third one, like, died of old age, dude. Like, there's... It, it, it's just one of those things where, like, somebody mischaracterizes your argument and is like, that's ridiculous. And yeah. you're like, well, yeah, the thing you said is... <laughs> Well, Lida also, you know, she agrees. This is ridiculous, Liz. She's innocent. She says the accusations are, quote, silly. And by gum, she will return to Idaho and clear her good name in court. Mm-hmm. Just hold on a sec while she packs her suitcase. She'll be right back. She'll be right back. She does go to <laughs> Idaho. She does go to Idaho. And she does get put on trial for the murder of her fourth husband, Edward Meyer. Her whole defense is that yeah, his death certificate, it says typhoid. <laughs> if he died of arsenic, they would have put down arsenic. So, like, case closed. Case closed. I wonder why they decided to try her for the fourth husband, but they dug... I guess they dug everybody up, huh? Uh, they definitely dug up the first two. I can't tell how many others they dug up, quite hmm. honestly. Okay. Uh, but they had, the, they had the fourth husband there. He had just pretty recently died. Poor man. Yeah. Like, okay, now we've confirmed with the first couple. Now, who should we dig up next? The least stinky one. The least. Yeah, just get this poor dude. Uh, The prosecution, here's their argument, that she used arsenic that she distilled from flypaper to poison a man she married and didn't love so she could get his insurance payout. That was their whole, like, 
what am I trying to say? I mean, like, that's sensational, you know, but that's their whole thing that they're trying to prove. They've got a motive. That's the prosecution theory. That's the prosecution's yeah. theory. And I guess the jury agreed with them because at 23 hours of deliberation later, they find Lida guilty of second-degree murder of Edward Meyer, her fourth husband. Well, what the hell, second degree? If she had to boil down the flypaper, right. it's obviously premeditated, right. you yokels. Right. What are you doing? Oh, did, did you not have lawyers? Did you just have a guy who owned the better hat? Like, what was this? Apparently, she just, she just like, took off her blouse and did her nipple whiskey trick. And <laughs> <laughs> it would have been an all-male jury, I'm just it saying. It would have been, is right, uh, and she had a beautiful I'm, voice baffled i am baffled by this like first of all i'm baffled they moved forward with this because i'm not a legal expert but all (laughs) we've proven is that multiple people she was married to died of a shit ton of arsenic in them yeah you really have got nothing like for all we know she's got a jealous admirer who's poisoning everybody she marries like you really (laughs) gotta do better than that don't you Mm Mm-hmm. 1930s Idaho. Apparently, you don't. Wow. Apparently, you don't. That is enough for a judge to sentence you to the Idaho State Penitentiary for 10 years to life. They leave it pretty open-ended. Apparently. Does Liz stay? Or you're Liz. <laughs> does, I, does, I'm Liz. My daughter is Lydia. <laughs> and the female serial killer we are discussing is Lida. <laughs> does Lady Bluebeard stay in prison, Liz? No. But I'm not sure whether she seduces and marries a guard or whether she just hops the fence <laughs> or they pardon her. Liz, why couldn't it be both? Why not both? Or all three. Because what happens is she's a good girl for 10 years. She stays on the straight and narrow in prison for 10 fucking years. But May 4th, 1931, she's had it. She's going to fly the coop. Wait, wait, wait. 1931? Yeah, what did I say? You said 31, but so all this was happening actually in the 20s then, if she's in jail for 10 years. Uh, yes. Fuck. Not 1931. Fuck. Hang on. Where the fuck am I? (laughs) Where am I? Police don't catch up with Lida until May 1921. That's when they find her in Hawaii. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, let me amend my timeline because you caught up my math for me. Police catch Lida in Hawaii in May 1921. So our timeline is 1912, she marries Robert. 1915, Robert, his brother, their baby, die. 1916, she marries Willem McHaffel. 1918, William dies. 1919, she marries Harlan Lewis. He also dies. 1920, she marries... Edward Meyer, a month later, in 1920, he dies. The police are on to her. They catch her in Hawaii in 1921. She goes on trial. She's sentenced to 10 years in prison. She, on May 4th, 1931, is when she flies the coop. Got it. Okay. She has been talking to a love-struck man. Of course, a prisoner by the name of David Minton, who three weeks before, so in April 1931, he gets out on parole. And wouldn't you know it, he helps her bust out so that they can be together. (laughs) Lida climbs a crude ladder over the 17-foot sandstone wall that surrounds the penitentiary. She managed to get the ladies in her cell block to help her out. She's like... Play piano and sing really fucking loud while I saw through my bars and climb out this window. She's so good at talking. Right? And they do it. And she gets out. And now police know, well, fuck, she's escaped. And go after her. Again, it takes them a while to find Lida, but they finally catch up with Minton in 1932 in Colorado. And I say they catch up with Minton because Lida's not with him, Liz. 
Is he six feet under? He's not six feet under. He's pissed. He's stewing over the fact that he helped her get out of prison and she jilts him. Well, yeah, dude, you don't have a life insurance policy. You don't have a life insurance policy. Instead, she leaves him, dyes her hair black, replaces her two front teeth for gold teeth, and marries marries herself. Husband number six, Harry Wheelock. Wait, is he six? Who was five? The, five the was prisoner the, was five. No, five was the uh, the petty officer the Hawaiian. in Hawaii. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She, okay. I feel bad for him, but also, like, dude, count your blessings. Count your blessings. As Oprah would tell you, when people show you who they are, believe them. Believe them. This is a million off. little pieces all over again. Oprah doesn't want <laughs> to have to retract this statement. <laughs> yeah, dude, you are the the fucking like crap what was her name it would have been a good joke if i could remember what the hell her name was <laughs> you are the anne of cleves of this scenario like just the anne of cleves you escaped with your hide cherish it right you just smile and say i am fat and smell bad and i would love to be your sister mm-hmm. please put good me deal. up smile and nod mm-hmm. smile and nod mm-hmm. just don't kill me Harry, husband number six, has only been married to Lyda for a short time, as is her M.O., and like many of the other men, is shocked that his model wife could be a murderess. But Harry (laughs) also got out by the skin of his teeth because he says to prosecutors, well, you know, she has been on me lately to get my insurance paperwork in order, and for some reason, I just have neglected to finalize things. <laughs> An angel looking out for you dude, is, is what's happening. Harry, I don't know what you were doing. Well, and Harry had a three-year-old young son. Harry himself Uh-oh. was a widower, so Lyda was going to have to to kill Harry Aww. and the kid. So fortunately, the Whitlock family, like you said, has an angel. Police catch up with Lyda, and it's back to Boise prison for her. Lyda. <laughs> She's in prison for another 10 years. We The story comes to 1943. And you know how it said she was in prison for 10 years to life? Mm-hmm. She silver tongues her way into a full fucking pardon. I'm sorry. <laughs> she has shown zero remorse. Yeah. In the time between when you busted her the first time and when you decide to give her a pardon, she's Tried to do the thing at least one more time. At least one more time. At least one more time. But no, she gets a full pardon, but we have reached the end of the road for Lyda. She gets out. She marries Hal, husband number seven. But the gods are good to Hal, and time and age catch up with Lyda. She dies in 1958 of a heart attack before Hal. Is this what that that novelty song, I'm Henry VIII, I Am, is about? (laughs) It's actually about Lyda Stoddard. Amazing. (laughs) Surprisingly dark. Surprisingly dark. Not a Willie or a Sam around, Liz. Mm -hmm. I just thought of it because, like, it was Hal and before that it was Henry. And I'm like, wait a minute. But yeah, before that it was Harry. Sorry if I said Henry, (gasps) it was Harry. Oh my god. Uh, Lyda managed to marry seven men. Killed four of them. Did she actually get a divorce from the other ones? Uh, well, you know, I can't find divorce records. This uh-huh. article that, like I said, from 1938, and then there are a couple, you know, kind of catching up with it in the New York Times in the 50s. You know, like, yeah. Black Widow dies of heart attack. Uh, they're behind a, mm-hmm. a substantial paywall, but from what I gather... She may have divorced some of them legally. It might have just also been a, like, well, she was in jail. We're going to consider this divorce. Like, yeah. eh, done with her. Um, I don't, <laughs> close enough. Close enough. I don't know if she was technically a bigamist or not, quite honestly. Wow. I can't find official records of it. But yeah. I love that she's picking up her career just as Buck is wrapping his up. What if those two met each other? What if they had met each other? I was thinking about that, trying to figure out where the timelines and the geography intersected. And if there was ever, like, an unholy star alignment, that would have been it. 
I don't know whether I prefer to imagine that they tried to con each other, where, like, right? she's sort of young and in her mode. I think she yeah. would have been a little déclassé for him, honestly. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I don't know if it would have been, like, a ship's passing in the night. Like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Never mind. You go do your thing over there, and I'll do my thing over here. Yeah, is it a Mr. and Mrs. Smith, or...? <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah, like, full-on Freddy versus Jason, or alien versus Predator, whoever wins, we lose type thing. Heart attacks ended up taking them both out, so the real winner is the 19th century diet of suet and (laughs) cigars, I guess. The real winner here, Liz, is coronary disease. God, um, I love that, all that, and so she—that's all I know about. Just like Linda Hazard didn't die in prison, nope. and I love that Buck yep. died in prison, but not like because he was like serving out a long term. Yeah. He was sort of had just been caught up with, yeah. and then was like, "I'm out." Yeah, I'm gonna kick this bucket. Wow. Not the life. There for is me. just no justice. Oh my good god! No. No, and these were, like you said, she was a little day class A. These insurance policies totaled for the first four husbands $7,000. Well, come on, Lida. Total. You got a little nest egg there, like invested. Buy yourself a ranch. But that's it. I mean, she killed four men for seven k. She killed, which back then, okay, fine, 1930s, I'm sure. And her own kid. Well, and her own kid. There you go. She killed five people. For, I don't know, like a used Toyota Corolla. Yeah, that seems like a lot of effort. High risk, low reward. I, You're supposed to do it the other yeah, way. Yeah, light it. Why weren't you getting these guys to take out seven k each? How come you let your second husband's life insurance be five hundred dollars? Yeah, that's chump change. That man ain't worth killing. Move on. Seriously, this feels like a pure situation where like. She just had a hammer and everything looked like a nail, I guess. Yeah. But, like, yeah. what a weird way to solve your problems. And if she just quit at, like, the brother-in-law, her kid, and the husband, she probably would have gotten away with it. Sounds like she would have gotten away with it and, you know, she was still friendly with the family. Maybe they'd help their 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 relative's widow. Yeah. Instead, she just lived, like, every sim before we found the money cheap. <laughs> where she's like, okay, I'm gonna move into your house. Oh, no, a tragic pool ladder accident. Pool ladder accident. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to build a wall around you, and you died in your own <laughs> waste. How sad for you. All those simoleons transferred to my you new young blood sim, however. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. Wow. Liz, there's a little light of Stoddard in all of us. I hope she had fun. <laughs> don't you hope that someone was having fun in all of this? And I don't mean to make light of a serial murderess. I don't mean, like, this is admirable because she's a woman and her victims were men. I mean, this is weird because it was a hundred years ago, and so I can be a little bit blasé about it. I feel enough <laughs> mentally removed from this that I'm just like, holy shit, dude, slow your fucking roll, as opposed to the horror that I would feel about if I'd read about someone doing this today. Yeah. But you do hope that traveling all through the Pacific and the inland Northwest, marrying men and having a voice that apparently charmed the pants off of men was engaging. Yeah, I guess it shocks me that people still do this Black Widow thing. Yeah. Like, it seems like such a strange approach. But I also feel like it it makes it sound bad when you have life insurance on your spouse. Yeah. But it's like an actual legitimate financial yeah. choice and stuff. Like, right? It's a, it's a thing that's logical and it's a thing that makes sense, but it just makes it seem like if you only think of it in terms of true crime, anytime somebody would be like, we should get life insurance, you'd be like, get away from me. Get away from me. No, you wait, you want a prenup and you want me to have life insurance signed over to you? I know how this goes. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't take the the nest egg and when she had, like, the first batch of money and, like, I don't know, buy a business and insure it and burn that down. Oh, my gosh. That would have been an easier, less sad con, don't you think? You're swindling an insurance company instead of killing your poor husband. Fuck, you got all the way to Hawaii. You're living in paradise pre-World War II 
Lida. Buy yourself a fucking acre of land on the beach and then eat coconuts all day. Yeah. That's the life. I wish she had lived it up a little more. I wish, like, I guess she was just sort of a very practical character in all this. Like, she was not trying to be a millionaire. She was just schlepping along, but... Which huh. seems like such a drudge. I mean, for schlepping along, yeah. I can... You could go be a laundry lady. You could be a seamstress. You could be any number of legal drudge work instead of doing illegal drudgery. Do you think she ever really cared about them? Like, was she maybe somebody who didn't know how to get divorced? Yeah. (laughs) Did she fall in love too easily and then not know how to get out of it? I wonder. I, I would... I'll go with what this 1938 newspaper says and just say she didn't love any of them. You know, that was just her being, uh, her being a sociopath who was practical or a psychopath who was practical or something like that. Although in the Maybe they just left her alone with that petty officer. They could have made it work. Yeah. Would it have worked? Did she just need some hot Mm -hmm. young military man to, I, fuck, I don't even know. I don't even know. Did you get much of a sense of her personality through these articles? No. Or was it just kind of, here's what she did? No. Like, she clearly could talk. No, she clearly could talk. She could uh, do fancy work or con the other ladies of the prison to do fancy work for her. In all the photos of her, I mean, her mugshot, she's fairly grim, as mugshots are. But she just seriously mm-hmm. looks like a normal 1930s, bespectacled, smiling, round-faced lady. You know? She does not look like Linda Hazard, who to me was just like, all right, there's something hard about you. She just looks kind of like a, you know, happy little spinster sister. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. It's never the ones you expect. It's never the ones you expect. She's not a femme fatale. That's probably why she got away with it so well is because people were like, I don't even think she like drinks like she's just (laughs) chill yeah she just has no problem solving skills yeah she seems like she'd keep a fairly tidy house and Mm -hmm. not give me too much trouble i could take her to church on sunday have her meet my mother she's fine she's maybe not winning beauty contests but like i said two of her husbands were like she was a model wife what are you talking about yeah the fact that she was a model wife She's gotten married so many times and the money sometimes wasn't very good is just leaving me aching for some insight mm-hmm. into her psychology. What the hell was her upbringing like? Or like what how how was she justifying or explaining this to herself? I found this story looking up ghost stories of Idaho State Penitentiary. Yeah. Which is my segue into a second episode. We'll have to do Idaho State Penitentiary stories times at least two. Mm -hmm. But there's a book that details her a little bit more that I would like to track down a copy of. So maybe one day I'll have an update for you on her upbringing. What led Lida to being a 20-year-old black widow. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, she just got right down to business. Just down to business, man. Just 23 years okay. old and had killed her first two men and child. Good Lord, woman. <laughs> Slow your roll. Slow your roll. Also makes me wonder, too. Her child died and they, the prosecutor says, oh, yes, you know, arsenic poisoning as well. But what if she was one of those people who her kid really did die of well poisoning or you know, got into the flypaper, did die of arsenic poisoning, mm-hmm. but it wasn't her fault. Did she just, did she break, you know, and then thought, well, life's not yeah. worth living. But then it, am I giving too much credit to a murderer? You know what I mean? Well, I don't think you're trying to let her off the hook. I mean, I think we can agree that however it started, it's pretty clear how it ended. Yeah. But I, there's, this is not a case where like, we've talked about with a very like basic dude bro serial killers where it's like hi your toxic masculinity and possessiveness over women has come to the natural extreme conclusion blah blah boring (laughs) this is like not a typical black widow where they're moving from like wealthy folks this is almost more like this 
But yeah, I, more of a bluebeard, more of like the Spokane bluebeard yeah. who he stayed in one place and lured the women in. Yeah. But at least he like tried to find them with some money. So yeah. Huh. Well, one thing I've taken away from this is that apparently random cousins are better at following up on this stuff than insurance agencies. Right? Than insurance agencies and apparently no, and maybe that was part of the, I'm I'm trying to figure out like, how come no county prosecutor or sheriff was like, what the fuck? But then you realize it's spread across like three to four different cities in Montana and Idaho, which are still Mm -hmm. so very much Wild West in 1920. Yeah, maybe she also had that kind of, like, effect where if she didn't want you to notice her, you wouldn't. Yeah. And then when she wanted to, like, turn the the magic on, then she would charm you. But so people weren't like, ooh, who's that new hotness that moved into town? Right. They just kind of, like, their eyes glance past her. Didn't you tell me about that with Marilyn Monroe? She mm-hmm. had that ability? Yeah. Yeah, to turn it on and turn it off and become her. Be- that's right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I wonder. I don't know. I I mean, we'll never know, but it's kind of intriguing. It's very. This is an interesting story. I never heard of her. I'm so glad I brought you. Usually you bring me the people that I've never fucking heard of, but (laughs) there you are. Lida Anna May Trueblood. The flypaper Lida Lady Bluebeard of Idaho, 1920s. If you want to hear the follow-up once I do get a hold of that book, if you want to join us for any other discussion of all things weird, folks, you know that you find us on all kinds of social media places. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You can listen to us on Podbean. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can toss a little money at us so that we don't have to resort to insurance fraud. (laughs) On Patreon, that's dark and probably inappropriate, Devin. Good job. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I we have a bigger life insurance policy on me than on my husband, so I think everything makes sense now. <laughs> am I the beneficiary of that? No. <laughs> well, I have a I have a life insurance policy on your husband. Ooh, my goodness! Oh, it's okay. His beard will protect him. You can't kill him. It's true. You can't kill him. So anyway, folks. Also join us on our website. I think that's the last place I had to say. Yeah, probably. Probably. I don't know. You're probably not in my will, so (laughs) nobody but Liz has a reason to kill me, and we already figured out she doesn't have a life insurance policy against me. It's against my husband, so. (laughs) Tangled web you weave, my love. (laughs) All right, folks. Beyond all that, we would love for you to live weird Die weird. And stay weird. Yeah. Thank you. Stay weird out there. Thank you for listening. Don't go taking out insurance policies and killing folks. It's not nice. No, just the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.